Welcome to Business Be Unusual. My name is Eugenia Collins, and we're recording live from the Ross School of Business once again. I'm here with Michaela Terrell, and today we're going to talk about graduation and the Ross MBA experience. To help us do that, we have invited a few of our fellow graduating MBAs to talk about their experience at Ross and what they look forward to after graduation. Welcome all, and thank you for being here with us today. Great to be here. Yeah, so before we get started, we wanted to mention just a couple of things. First, we really encourage you to get in touch with us. We love engaging with our listeners and we would love to hear from you. You can send us a message via email at bbupodcast at umich.edu. Again, that's bbupodcast at umich.edu. Or follow us on Instagram at Ross underscore BBU. Again, that's at Ross underscore BBU. And feel free to DM us there as well. You can ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hello. We'll spend some time at the beginning of each show reading some of your messages and answering any questions you have. Second, we did want to mention that at the onset of our discussion, that when it comes to pursuing an MBA, everyone's decision and experiences are going to look a little bit different. So while you hear a few different perspectives today, it's by no means exhaustive of the Ross community as a whole. And we encourage you to reach out to the student ambassadors if you're interested in hearing more about the Ross experience. So all that to say, let's jump into a panel discussion. Awesome. So we're going to start with a round of introductions so that you all can get to know our awesome panelists today. So if you all can just introduce yourselves, we'll go through name, pre-ROS, city, and job, um, what you did for your internship and what your full-time plans are, um, and then any ROS involvement that you want to share with us. So Christina, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Christina Weiberg here, MBA2, as they mentioned before Ross. I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I did both nonprofit and technology work, um, software development work in particular. And my internship at Ross was at Amazon. I will be returning, but side note, that was through Tauber. So don't ask me how tech recruiting works. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and while at Ross, gosh, there's a lot of things, such good memories. The podcast was one of them. Section inclusion chair was a lot of fun. Um, I was also part of orientation this past year for the incoming MBA one. So that was also great. Um, I'll pass it off to Alexia. Hi everyone, my name is Alexia Sabial. I'm also an MBA too. Before Ross, I worked at Major League Soccer in their corporate partnerships department. Um, and that was located in New York City, which I'm also originally from. I interned at Google this year in their strategy and ops role, but I will be relocating to Washington, DC to work for McKinsey doing marketing and sales consulting. And in terms of Ross, like, Involvement? Oh my gosh. Uh, where do I begin? Long list. I know, right? Um, I guess I'll highlight the one biggest thing that I'm also proud of is being involved in the uh, Business Plus Tech Center, which is a new center that launched here at Ross earlier this fall. And I was one of the co-founders of the Sports Tech Conference that launched last year, but just had um, our second annual conference this year. So, yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Taylor Clark. Uh, Pre-Ross, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, working at Eli Lilly and Company. Uh, I'll be returning to Eli Lilly after school uh, and therefore going back to Indianapolis. For me, I would probably say my probably biggest involvement has been as one of our VPs of allyship for BBSA, which is the Black Business Student Association. I've been pretty heavily involved in that along with some other DEI-related items uh, while at Ross. So um, yeah, we'll kick it to you, Eric. Thanks, Taylor. Uh, hey, everyone. Eric Hoffenbeck. It's great to be back. Um, from Denver, Colorado area and before Ross, I was uh, leading a nonprofit running leadership developments for 
business leaders around the state. I interned at Accenture Strategy this summer, and I'm going back to Accenture Strategy um, out in Seattle, Washington. Uh, so very excited to get to the Pacific Northwest. Involvement at Ross, very much the podcast, was uh, an amazing part of my experience. And the other was uh, being co-president of the Mason Brew Club for, you know, at one point was for beer aficionados. We sort of said, it's a social club. If you like enjoying a fermented beverage, let's hang out. Um, <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun. So great times, great memories. Still a few more weeks, at least at the time of recording. Nice. Eric, we're happy to take over from you. Uh, Michaela and I will be one of the new executive producers, so that's pretty exciting. We, we promise to do a good job. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> you and Christina have showed us the ropes very well. <laughs> Fortunately. We're proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're proud and we're happy to hand it off, so congratulations. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Thank you. So to start it off light, uh, what's your favorite part about Anabur that you're going to miss? Um, I think my favorite part is just like the unifying part of Ann Arbor. That is the university of Michigan. I've never lived in a place that the whole community sort of rallies around one thing and you will see a block M on every street, which in the beginning was a little overwhelming. Um, but it's a really cool thing where on game days, people are parking cars on lawns and like everybody knows what's happening about the university and typically it's athletics. So um, that's been a really cool part of Ann Arbor that I think I'll miss. Cool. Alexia, you want to go next? Yeah, I would say, so I'm a city girl. I guess I will definitely miss part of the nature and just the opportunity to just get outside, especially, you know, doing Zoom University last year. We took a lot of walks <laughs> in the Arboretum, and that was super cool to just experience that. So I think just having that option and availability um, will definitely be missed. Yeah, uh, Christina here. I think for me, I'm used to living in cities that maybe don't have the best public transportation. And so it's been nice to live someplace where if I walk 15 minutes in any direction, I can find my friends. And I think that's a nice change that I will miss since we're all spreading across the world again. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd add to that. Uh, I have very close friends that I literally share a wall with. And so having my neighbors also be good friends and being able to walk a few feet or drive five minutes to have like your entire social network all with you is something we won't have again. So I'm really, you know, looking forward to being able to go visit a lot of people, which will be great. Um, but you're not going to get that again, likely. So I think that's been a really good part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a pretty special time. I think <laughs> some VA ones are trying to appreciate it while we have it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a question that's been on the top of my mind, or maybe on the top of a lot of um, prospective students or even admitted students listening to this podcast is, are you doing what you said you would do in the Ross admissions essay? <laughs> uh, I'll start us off. So this is Alexia. Um, I really wrote a specific essay about sports tech. So partly, yes. Nailed where, it. <laughs> <laughs> partly, yes, where like I did the big tech internship, had mixed feelings about it, was like, where do I go next? Did the whole conference. And now I'm kind of like, maybe I should really develop these skills because I came in on the earlier side of years in experience, kind of like a round three. So I'm going into consulting, which is totally different. As I say, I went to the dark side, but <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their own you know, niche and that's fine. Um, but yeah, so yes and no. Yes, and kind of like I really dug deep in that sports tech intersection space, but no in the sense of like I'm doing something else, but this is just a pit stop along the way. Um, I am also going to say that I did actually, which honestly shocks me more than anything else. Cause I really <laughs> like, that was not the plan, but I remember 
saying that I wanted to go to Amazon, which I achieved. I was going to be um, in operations, which I am. And I also said my long-term goal was to be COO, and I already am. So it's been a good couple of years at Ross, uh, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah, Time to retire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taylor, you want to go next? Yeah. I, you know, I remember specifically being told that no one would ask me about what I wrote in my letter and if it was some little <laughs> file a complaint to somebody. Um I think probably well, three for three, at least at this point, I would say that I was pretty clear on what I wanted and the goals I set for myself. I had, they say, three specific goals and I feel pretty comfortable that I've been able to accomplish all three of those. So I think a lot of our classmates would probably feel that their experiences are maybe a little bit different, and but ultimately you come here to experiment, you look at what you're trying to do um, and you kind of find your path one way or the other. So uh, I would say I was able to do that as well. Wow, so I'm the only one who changed paths. <laughs> yes, do yeah. it. Represent. Great. Um, yeah. No, I, I wrote about wanting to go into social impact and hopefully maybe like join an entrepreneur who's trying to start something in the social impact space. Um, I think when I got here, I got swept into the recruiting machine that is recruiting for consulting. And in hindsight, it's exactly what I needed. I like need the structure to like shred my resume into a place where consulting firms understood it get the interview prep that I needed to like be a better interviewer versus just sort of winging it. Cause I feel like I can chat with anyone. And so I'm going to go into consulting as well and feel like similar to Alexia, like I need those skills before I can sort of jump into what comes next. So a couple of years doing consulting and like doing meaningful work still, and hopefully some social impact work will kind of set me up as a platform for whatever comes next. So it was a pivot, but I think it was a good change uh, overall. Awesome. I'm very impressed with all of you. And Eric, thank you for sharing this other perspective. Because <laughs> I am very off base already with what I wrote. I said I would go into ed tech and here I am going into investment banking for my internship. So girl, get that money. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> big bag, big bag. I think it is one of the best things about Ross, though, is that they're so strong kind of across the board that you have options when you get here. And so whether you have a clear sense kind of like what you guys did, or if you're here to explore or find yourself doing something else, I think you can be supported in that. Yeah. And I think too, there's so much pressure put on next steps when in reality, most MBAs switch their jobs within two years out. So mm. like really you're going to be doing something else and don't feel like you're betraying your soul because you're going into the machine that is Amazon or anywhere else. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love to hear that because I switched as well. <laughs> uh, in my application, I did say I wanted to go into private equity. Uh, I recruited for investment banking instead. So there we go. <laughs> nice. Uh, but just to kick off to the next question, uh, what has been your favorite experience at Ross? Taylor, if we could start with you. Oh, that's a great question. I was hoping you weren't going to start with me. Uh, <laughs> I think... So I am I would say I'm a people person through and through. So, I, you know, and I'm... I'm going to guess that some of us may have a similar answer here, but I think for me, like I came hoping to get a global experience where I'd have a chance to meet people from all around the world who are different than me, have different perspectives, have different life experiences. Um, people who I can argue about like the depreciation of grapevines for 75 years, which I argued in my accounting class for quite a bit because um, I thought that was ridiculous and I still do, but that's okay. Shout out Greg Miller. Um, and uh, But I just think like for me, the having an opportunity to connect with people and now having true connections where I think I could call mostly anyone in my class, you know, six months from now and have them pick up the phone and talk through things or if they're reaching out for help or vice versa. And so I think for me, there's not maybe one specific, you know, 
bus or game or this and that, but just having a chance to really truly embrace the whole community has been a highlight for me. What was the last football game you went for if you went for any? Well, unfortunately, I was due to go to the Ohio State game, but I got COVID like three days before. So that was a real that was a real bummer. Bright size, I paid for my season tickets for selling the Ohio State tickets. So <laughs> financially, <laughs> not go. bad. Um, but I guess I technically went to the spring game last weekend. So I guess oh. that counts as my most recent. Um, yeah. So definitely enjoyed all the sports stuff. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think those will come and go. But the people will, hopefully your connections will last forever. So. Well, that's good to hear. Oh, gosh. Yeah, same. I was hoping for more time. Um, <laughs> I think in part because so many of the experiences were crammed into our second year mm -hmm. um, after, as Alexia put it so nicely, like Zoom University last year. And a lot of awesome virtual events, I should say, happened. Mm -hmm. But just the energy that exists in the room when everyone's all together, whatever it may be for. I mean, I did have a great time going to the game days and going to the bus and seeing like everyone is there and you get to just run into folks you haven't seen in a while. Um, it's sort of this great reconvening and I guess talks to what I like about Ann Arbor about it being about the University of Michigan. So um, I'll say the bus. It was a very fun time. <laughs> it is. Good memories. I'm glad we got to have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is going to be really cheesy, but I loved being on the podcast. It was, I came hey. in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the crowd, speak to the crowd. Yeah. Um, I came into business school wanting to make sure that I had something different that didn't need to be on my resume. That wasn't a requirement to do well on. And so the podcast has really been a safe spot to come and be like, I'm super stressed out. I'm not going to study anymore. Let's just go chat with people. So that's been my favorite. Yeah. I agree with everything here. I think to provide a different perspective, I would say just doing dope stuff with my friends. <laughs> um, and in the sense of kind of like Ross is very kind of, if you see something that doesn't exist already, you can go out and create it. And so I'm, you know, working on potential new fund with one of my friends. I entered into the Michigan Business Challenge with one of my friends about a hair care app made it all the way to the semifinals before we realized we're like, oh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> we should maybe put this on pause for now. Um, and just like doing things like leading conferences, whether it's ALE or sports tech or whatever, I think just doing that alongside my friends is like a different type of bond outside of like the game day and the skeeps and stuff. I think it's just something that I will always enjoy. Yeah, it is really impressive. I feel like just watching my classmates like, take on what they want to take on. And if you have the energy and motivation to do something, like you really can just do it. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and for those of us like me who are less motivated in that direction, <laughs> we get to enjoy all the benefits of it so. <laughs> and support each other along the way. Um, so something that folks listening may or may not know is that there is a fierce rivalry between Ross and the law school here at Michigan. Um, we have so far this year um, defeated the law school at the hockey game at the basketball game. And hopefully I hear a rumor of a soccer match too. So we have someone from a, like a professional soccer team. So we are going to kick their butt. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Foster. Um, so if there's one thing that you want to be at the law school in, what is it? I want to hear Eric answer first. Actually. Yeah. Uh, I was part of the Ross basketball team and we successfully beat them. So I would say basketball. It was, <laughs> It was a crowning achievement. Uh, no longer will play competitive basketball <laughs> after this, I'm sure. So go out on top. Eric put up some points. Don't let him fool you. Yeah. 
I guess I'll add to that of my uh, pending lawsuit to the law school for <laughs> uh, trying to kill our host over here, Eric. Uh, Eric got a breakaway, was going for, I'll say, a slam dunk at the time. Love that. And essentially got clotheslined by a law student. And Eric hit his head, went through concussion protocol. And so I will be uh, working with our lawyers. To, uh, <laughs> uh, we have one, I think, or a couple, maybe a couple. Uh, we'll call Joseph Kemp, help him help, help us out yes. here. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my that's what I plan to win in next. <laughs> Oof. Um, okay, I would maybe say in terms of hosting, like the only word that's coming to mind is litus. Like the just like coolest, best like admitted student weekend. I kind of crashed their admitted student weekend a couple weekends ago. Didn't realize it. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, this is cool, but I think you know Ross can do one better. So. It's kind of like not an if, more so like I know we can and we will <laughs> this weekend at uh, Go Blue Rendezvous. So yeah, your school spirit and just kind of getting the dopest people into our classes. Love that. Um, so I haven't made any of the games. I'm a terrible person. But what I'll say is <laughs> I think I would love to ensure that we always have a better fashion sense than them. I feel mm-hmm. like I always see the lawyers, you know, the law quad is not that far away. They're always very nice dressed, always very professional with their briefcases. But I mean, like the business school can bring it. So, <laughs> Christina, don't feel bad. I haven't made it to a game either. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have time. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Okay, I'm sure you've caught all the highlights in the group chat. Right. (laughs) I I have. Um, So moving on, guys. What's on your Rose slash Anaba bucket list before the end of the month? I, you know, my friends and I were talking about this recently, and I feel like I'm actually good. Like, not that I'm like, okay, let's leave tomorrow, but... I came here for the community and mm-hmm. I feel like I've done what I needed to do to make that community. And so I, and I got to dance on top of the bus. So what else can I ask for? Truly, truly an accomplishment. <laughs> <And> truly. Right. <laughs> I think um, two things that are coming to mind for me. One is uh, Jordan Enos, a classmate was telling me about this is be on the floor of like the three major sports venues at Michigan, which is mm-hmm. skating in the hockey rink, which the NBA program office put together a couple weeks ago, which was great playing on the basketball court happened this week. Um, and then during disorientation, the NBA twos get to go back into the big house and go on the field there. So that I will successfully check off the list. And I think the only other one is I've never been to Fleetwood diner, which is a legendary what? also like oh, greasy spoon breakfast place. It's open 24 hours a day. So on my bucket list is to go there after midnight and before 6am. Oh, I was going to say, let's film the weekly there, but I will be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that too. I would say um, this is such like an MBA2 thing to say because I feel like, again, spending the year virtually, mm. I don't know where everything is. So I would love to do like a campus tour. Yeah. And like see, like go to North Campus. I hear North Campus is so cool. Like just kind of go on a campus tour and move the block that's like by the literature and science and arts building. I feel like I always see pictures doing that. So I think I definitely need to do that before I go. <laughs> Definitely. I think one last walk through campus would be because it's so easy to just commute back and forth to the Ross School and we're a little bit on the outside from like I feel like central campus. So I agree walking through. But I'm also like there's nothing that like is on my to do list left. Like it's more of a list of like people I want to get dinner with mm-hmm. agnostic to where we're going uh, before we leave. So I think I I would say I'm pretty good, too. Wow, everyone is so fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, we lived this year up after yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a crawl to finish, so let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So next we have um, a pretty broad question. So take it whatever direction you'd like. But what's one thing you wish you had done more or less of during your time at Ross? Um, I would have done more of saying no, like Mm. establishing boundaries. For context, my first year, I was like super focused on like internship. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do as much club stuff. So I did a whole bunch of other stuff. And this year, I try to make up for it by doing a lot of club stuff, like four plus clubs. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was great. But I wish, you know, when a friend would have been like, oh, I would have loved to have you on this board. I probably should have like reevaluated and probably should have said no or said no to like, an admissions thing at the time when I probably needed to do something else. So I think for my own like mental health and sanity, probably just saying no and establishing a little bit more boundaries mm. for myself personally, which will be good going into real world. Yeah. <laughs> I go the opposite way because so I was well, I'm sure most rosters were just based on our involvements, but I was way overextended in college. And so when I came to school, I was like, I'm going to focus on these three things and only these three things because I'm not going to let everyone sway me differently because I know that's how this works. <laughs> and so my very first, like our first year, I was like so focused and obviously with everything else going on with the pandemic, it was hard to, you know, we weren't seeing each other. So there was a lot just there. But even this year, I was still so guarded and trying to protect my time and protect kind of my own piece that I think I probably restricted myself too much. And so it would have been nice to maybe join a couple more clubs and get involved in a few things. But kind of similarly, like I'm I like your word, Eugenia. Like, I'm pretty fulfilled. Like, I don't have really that many regrets. I set out what I wanted to accomplish. I got involved in what I wanted to do. Could have done a little bit more. Probably could have talked to a couple more NBA ones than I did. My bad. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, I feel like I I was able to get as much as what I as what I tried to. So, yeah, I think Taylor. I got to meet you on the bus to Woodbury. Yes. Yeah. So you that's know, probably you- where I see the most NBA ones. If I'm being quite honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from back. So. I try to say hello, but yeah. focused crowd. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. The clubs are the best way to like formally facilitate that or be a peer coach. I think that's good. I think the one thing I wish I had done is actually hearkening back to pre Ross experience is like volunteering with a nonprofit in town or mm-hmm. doing some sort of work in the community. I was talking to my partner about this just the other week where you can get so sucked into the business school bubble and the University of Michigan bubble that sometimes you kind of, you know, this sounds bad, but like forget that it's part of this broader community of Ann Arbor and Southeast Michigan, Ypsilanti and Detroit. Um, And I actually really wish I had spent some time. And there are clubs that help facilitate that, like Detroit R&B, which which I had done. Um, So I think that's the one thing that I wish I had gotten more involved in is feel like I'm part of the community beyond just like voting in each of the elections. I think for me, I do wish I would have joined a few more MBA trips. Um, I was really trying to be financially conscious with myself and my partner. Um, I went on a once in a lifetime trip to Andorra this spring break, which was incredible. But I mean, MBAs do take trips all the time. And so I think it would have been nice to sign up for one or two more of those and get to know people in that sense outside of classes or clubs or that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we had a trip to Colombia and I didn't make it for that. (laughs) So I feel you. I kind of felt the same way. So we can move on to the next question, guys. Um, what do you wish people knew about the Ross experience that they don't learn about during the admissions process? You can save money. 
<laughs> Just a quick plug. Uh, if you follow your credits, you are able to take less the second half of your second year. So I graduated early. I don't know if that's what they call it, but I didn't take classes winter B and it saved me 20K, y'all. So like... For all of those people who are thinking about that, keep in mind, That's they don't tell happening. you. They don't they tell don't you. Yeah. Yeah. I know so many people like went back to part-time or not. Yeah. yeah. And they're saving a lot of money. Yeah. I started hearing rumors about this, and I feel like it is one of the best-kept secrets. Mm, I would say kind of like in the same vein of like creating things. Like if you are coming here and there's not a, I don't know, let's say before the crypto club was founded, there wasn't a club there. I don't want perspectives to just like cross Ross off their list just because we don't have it already established. They can go and they can do that. And like the program office, other fellow students, like you will find commonality wherever and you can create that subset and that own niche within the community. So I think stay open minded. And if it's not here, you can go out and build it. I want to piggyback on that because like another club is the Pickleball Club, um, yes. <laughs> which has just grown to like 150 people and really fun activity, super wild. But yeah, if you build it, they will come. And I think it sort of piggybacks with what I wish people knew is like there's a lot of pressure to go recruit for your internship and then you got to say yes to that full-time role, which I'm one who did do that. But like Alexia is a great example. Like you can totally switch. The internship is the experiment to see if you like it, to see if you don't like it. And then re-recruiting is like, it's stressful for sure for the first couple months of your second year, but then it's over. Or for just-in-time recruiting, like Alex Abrams, one of our co-hosts, is recruiting into sports and he's sort of in a just-in-time recruiting process. So right now it's a little stressful for him, but you can do it. So you don't have to just get like attached to your internship. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. And what I was thinking about too is there are so many people that didn't go back to their internship and actually I think in some cases landed even better jobs than where they interned. And so I think sometimes we forget, like you forget that we are at a top 10 shout out, uh, top 10 business school, especially in this current environment of like companies desperately looking for workers. A lot of rosters are going to get a lot of really good job offers. And I know it's really hard at the end of the tunnel. And I fully recognize I'm going back to the company I worked at before. So, like, <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say, Taylor. But I think watching so many of my friends go through this journey, like, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, it's a lot. But if you come out of Ross and you've put in even the minimal effort, I feel like you're still going to come out a really strong candidate and you're going to have a lot of great opportunities and probably multiple job offers. And I know in the moment it's really hard. You think you're going to be the one exception to that rule. But I wish that is something that I think every MBA one as they start their first day should recognize is like everyone's going to be okay. And everyone's going to land some super badass jobs. And like mm -hmm. that's awesome. And I think sometimes we all forget that because we get caught up in the moment. And that's something that I think every MBA student shouldn't know about. But especially here at Ross, it seems to be everyone's going to figure something out one way or the other. Yeah, it's such a good point. And I think it is funny how many of us think we are going to be that exception to the rule. But it is true that we are going to be okay. We're going to make it. So for our next question, I'm going to give you an option. So you get to Ooh. pick your poison. Okay, so uh, your first option is what advice would you give to yourself two years ago? So just as you were baby you coming into the MBA <laughs> and or what advice would you give to MBA ones as they head towards their internships and second year of grad school? I can go first um, because this hit me like a brick and I did not realize it. My advice for all MBA ones, and I think this probably applies to everybody, is like keep that energy and momentum through the summer into your second year. At least in my experience, and I think talking to some of my close friends, it's so easy to get back into the work mind when you're in the internship 
that you like completely disregard like I don't say everything that you were involved with before, but you're like, this stuff doesn't matter. What matters <laughs> is getting a job and I need to get like pay the bills and it's so easy to just distract yourself and then all of a sudden the semester starts and you're looking around, you're like, Oh, I was supposed to like plan all this whole entire summer, like programming for the NBA ones to get started because once orientation starts, it just goes. Mm-hmm. And so I think my biggest advice would just be if you're passionate about something or you have a lot of energy towards finding the next pickleball club, like keep that energy over the summer while you're doing your internship or even, you know, on the weekends or at night or just anytime, maybe before you start, because once the semester starts, it's just a race to the finish. And it's really hard to take those steps to sit and plan. And I wish I had told myself that a year ago, but I think that's advice that hopefully most NBA ones can listen to as well. I think um, on my part, the advice that I would give incoming MBA ones is not to take everything so seriously. I think in particular with a lot of women that haven't been admitted to Ross this last year, I've had a lot of conversations about, you know, as women or as women of color, it feels like you always have to desperately fight for what you want. And coming into MBA with that mentality, it's important to have the energy to like recruit and do what you need to do, but also you made it. I think if I had more centered myself on the fact that I'm here and I'm worthy and I made it, I would have had more fun or I would have felt like I had more opportunity to expand my awareness versus just focusing on financial things or just focusing on recruiting things. Um, So I think learning to lighten up a little bit because you're admitted, you're here. So like take a breath and know that like you've officially made it, you know, you don't have to fight that process anymore. I like that. Um, Kind of adding on to that in terms of advice to MBA ones, it's okay if you don't like your internship. Like that's totally, (laughs) totally fine. Totally normal. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. And um, going into it, there's like a lot of pressure to Taylor's point of like, trying to land this return offer because it's going to set you up so you don't need to think about it but like re-recruiting is not that bad everyone re-recruits even with or without an offer true totally fine (laughs) so yeah like don't force yourself lean into your passion follow that gut feeling which kind of leads into what i would tell my younger self is that that gut feeling is right like Mm. this is the place for you and to just continue to follow that gut feeling throughout echo everything that's been said so far, um, I would say make the time for like one-on-one or two-on-one like connections with people because especially as I've realized the second year, like, yeah, you know, I talked about the bus, there's skeeps, there are all these events that happen where you're going to be in a group with, you know, there are six people in this room, um, seven actually. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Jonah. Um, yep. Thank you, Jonah, for <laughs> being here to help us. Um, but like I had breakfast with someone at Benny's this morning and learned about his startup that's in 3D printing, which I know nothing about, but like found myself like on the edge of my seat with curiosity. You don't find that out as much if you like run into him at the bus. Um, so finding the time to do that and also small group settings too, um, that has been like by far even more rewarding than all these, you know, fun one-off events. So that'd be my advice, both for my past self and then MBA ones heading into internship and second year. Eric, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I remember during my full A, B and winter A, I actually had breakfast at Benny's with one person every week. 
<laughs> so I really got to know a lot of people during that time. Um, winter beer kind of fell short on that goal. <laughs> but uh, I think that's the best way to really create uh, solid relationships with other people and get to know them deeper. So I, I appreciate that. I love that. Yeah. Nice. yeah it's a great tradition. Yeah. It is. Benny's is the spot, y'all. Yeah. It is. It's cheap. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. A lot of food, not a lot of money. Not right. <laughs> Yeah, so moving on, um, I'm very curious to hear uh, what your favorite class or professor has been. Ooh, can I go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Big Dr. Collins, Marcus Collins, that is Stan. Big Stan. <laughs> However, I took a course last quarter that I think really changed my perception about just strategy and just the way I view the world. And it was Power of Prestige with Michael Jensen. Cool. He, oh my gosh, he is so cool, so eclectic, literally says whatever is on his mind, <laughs> retains the freedom of speech thing, and like in, a, in like a good way, not in a bad way. But the class talked really about kind of what status means and reputation and how that plays out in the workspace and also how brands have used that to kind of like sustain their brand equity over time. So brands such as like Chanel or even like we talked about Amazon, we talked about McKinsey's of the world, like those big, big brands and how they're sort of too big to fail question mark and like that's one of the topics that we talked about i think eric was in my yeah. class so he's shaking his head he's like yeah he's such an eclectic dude uh michael jensen i on my bucket list to get coffee with him that that's also on my bucket list i would yeah. love to like pick his brain some more but i would highly recommend taking any of his classes i think he's doing a strategic alliance class now but if you guys have time next year definitely definitely take his class yeah, that was phenomenal. And actually, we were in the same small group for our yes. midterm assignment, which was fascinating. We had talked about BTS and K-pop. It was <laughs> like it was so eclectic, but the message and the data was amazing too. I think that is a close second to a class that maybe Taylor is also going to mention, um, which is another new class this year called Influencing Without Formal Authority with Maxim Sitch. It's a semester-long class. And I think I wrote that word for word in my essays actually of like, something I wanted to learn because of an experience I had previously of like, how can I better influence people without like the top title or whatever. And this class is I'm taking pages and pages of notes, like tactics and strategies of how you can be effective, no matter your title, no matter what room you're in, but as a way to like, encourage people to buy into your mission or what you're trying to accomplish. Of course, with a like sort of fundamentals, like you have to have strong ethics and morals while like using some of these tactics, but it has been an absolutely fascinating class. And Maxim has been one of my favorite professors since the core in my first year. So um, highly recommend that class. I'd agree. I, I think that uh, Eric spoke very well to that class. I would say I agree with both Maxim and also Dr. Collins, Marcus, like both of them are electric in their own way. But I think no matter what, I had Marcus at 8 a.m. and I'm a finance guy at heart and marketing is not my strong suit. But like, <laughs> I was there and I was loving it and I have so many notes and it will be forever in my mind that a brand is a signifier that conjures up thoughts and feelings about a company, product, or person. That uh, is exactly, exactly wow. how it is. <laughs> we may have in Columbia and Fall B, we may have went around and just asked people point blank to say it. And even in all states, they were able to like bring it back up, which was great. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but I think also, this is maybe like the very MBA answer, but I actually really enjoyed negotiations with Professor Klinkus Kopelman. And primarily because I'm somebody that I know sometimes things are very transactional and sometimes it's like you're trying to find the win win. But 
for me, I was always like scared of like asking for maybe like what I was probably valued for or like what I thought maybe was my value because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings or like frankly just didn't want to hear the word no. And that class is all about like if you hear the word no, like the worst thing that will happen is you'll get told no and you're exactly where you already were. And I think that perspective change in terms of like how I view my ability to ask for things or even just having conversations with people, like the worst that will happen is someone says no. And that's okay. I'm like exactly where I am right now. And and if that's the outcome, that's totally fine. And so that class was really great in just helping me frame how to have conversations and um, how to negotiate with myself too, to some degree, because you kind of have to weigh like, all right, is this really worth arguing about? No, probably not. Okay, let me move on. Um, or no, this really matters a lot to me, and like I need to explain why and and frame the conversation appropriately. So definitely agree with both, and and I thought that was a really good class as well to take. Uh, I'm going to cheat and say two, but um, Eric Svon is primarily a Tauber professor, but he, we've had, you know, a crazy couple of years and there was a situation on campus where women in particular felt threatened this past year and he was the only professor that said anything about it during class and also talked about his, what he felt his role as a professor was to protect his students and like be involved in the community, which was really great. Um, and then the other one is um, Don Yi, who is the professor of Strategy 503. I aspire to have her sense of fashion someday <laughs> when I'm making MBA money. Like, that is my goal. So, <laughs> All right. So I'm really curious to hear your reflections on this next question. I'm going to jump down a little bit to how have you changed over the course of the past two years? Could be deep and personal or it could be kind of fun and quirky. Eric now owns a very professional podcast microphone. I can call that out for him. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I invested in a podcast microphone to uh, potentially, I would love to keep doing podcasting in some sort of way. Um, although the uh, market is pretty crowded, I would say, for <laughs> individual <laughs> podcast creators. What an MBA answer. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess I can go though. Um, I think I've certainly gained a lot more sort of like technical fundamental skills um, through the classes and both through my internship and the classes, which was a huge part of what I hoped for because um, I felt like I had built up a strong base of soft skill set in working with people and sort of interpersonal relationships. Um, so that's been great. I think I've matured a lot over two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned 30 two days before we graduate. So it feels like I'm sort of closing a book on a lot of chapters. I got married during my second year. So I feel like I'm, I'm accelerating the growing up. Um, Although sometimes I think some people don't agree with that. Um, So I think that has been huge. And so now it's like closing this chapter, moving to Seattle, starting sort of that next phase of life is really exciting. And it feels like these two years helped me get there. There are a lot of milestones. A lot of milestones. I know. It's a pandemic. During Um, and during a pandemic, yeah. Well, happy birthday. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can go next. I was thinking about so in Maxim's class like two weeks ago, we talked about essentially givers and takers. And when we talked about tracking performance of those givers and takers, the kind of good news is that takers tend to fall on the bottom, which is good because you don't want mean people to always rise to the top. Eventually they'll fall, which is uh, was reassuring. Um, but there's interesting is that the actually the lowest performers and the highest performers are both givers. And the main difference between the two of them is that givers at the bottom can't set boundaries and essentially can't say no to people. And so they end up taking on so much responsibility of other individuals that essentially it sinks their performance. And I definitely feel like I was probably in that camp in the sense of not being able to set boundaries for myself, for my work, for my friends, like protecting kind of my peace and 
the last two years have really given me the opportunity to reflect on what's important, what really matters, um, and kind of through that, like really what my purpose is and how I define that. Um, I've been involved in a lot of the Sanger Leadership Center programming where we really get to kind of fine tune. And I actually just met with my uh, Ross Leadership Academy coach this morning to kind of continue to fine tune like how I want to communicate my purpose to people. And so I think it's just like one big reflection, like your pre-Ross experience usually is like a lot of work. You're really busy. You're trying to like figure out if you want to go to school and what that next step is. And then you kind of get here and it's like, oh, it's actually relatively calm, relatively <laughs> a phrase, but you have a lot of time to yourself to think. And I think and with Eric growing up a little bit, but also realizing what's important to me and then how I'm going to set those boundaries in the future were uh, probably some things that I, I feel like I really have a better appreciation for now than, than I did before school. I love that. Yeah. I really do love that. Um, I would say personally for me is kind of recognizing that I am my own worst enemy in the sense of like there's really nothing stopping me from doing what I want to do besides myself and whatever it's self-doubt that creeps in or self-consciousness. But I think that, you know, this experience has shown me that, you know, for example, I was honestly truly scared to recruit for consulting my first year. I just didn't think I was cut out for it. I literally re-recruited and learned how to case in a month for second year. Nice. And it's just like little things like that, whether it's like, I don't know how to lead a conference, let a conference, like little things where I'm just constantly pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And it's kind of like, why was I never doing this from before or earlier? And it was because of that negative thinking. So I think just personally for me, just continue to overcome those challenges and continue to structure myself. I love yeah. that's a good one. Um, I think for me, it's really been about like learning to find myself again. So I am in my thirties, <laughs> old people, I love you. Um, and I think, you know, your twenties are so much about experiences. Like I moved continents a lot when I was in my twenties, I moved States, I had different jobs. I switched industries. I came to MBA while well, I started applying for MBA. Um, so I think for me, it was really about taking a step back and taking a breath to the point of like the incoming MBA one advice and being like, okay, but who am I? Like, who am I now after I've done all this work, put in all this effort, really decided what my values are, when I want to speak up, when I want to let other people speak up for me or for our community or what that looks like. And so it's just been really nice in particular having, you know, the couple of months off the last couple of months of school off to reconnect and have coffees and say yes to all of the social things and no to all of the work things. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. And you graduated early. Yeah. Graduated early, man. It's possible. <laughs> I also want to say, I just love the shout out to like doing new things and trying things and kind of pushing past your own self doubts. And I feel like, this is the perfect place to do that. And like, if not now, when, you know, and I, I think it is such a safe space to just try it out, you know, appreciate you calling that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I look into the mirror, <laughs> listen to me anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I really try to like have affirmations because that self doubt is real. Mm -hmm. When I look into the mirror, I usually just say, listen, I am just competing with me. I need to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that usually really helps me. So, yeah. A word. I love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward, guys, what are you most excited about? You're going out there into the world, new MBAs. <laughs> um, I can start with this one out. I've been long distance for three years, mm -hmm. so I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm done with being long distance, not with my relationship. <laughs> I'm ready to like reconnect with my partner and have dinners at night and all that. So that's nice. an easy one. 
It's always good waking up to someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah. Plus one, but no, not about that, about me. Uh, I think, okay, so I graduated college, went back home. I lived at home while working at MLS, and then I came here. And so I've never really had my own apartment, mm. so to speak, that's, like, not school-related. So I'm excited to, like, curate my own space. Like, I got my Pinterest boards all set up, yes. I'm ready to go. So I'm I'm excited about that, and, like, I don't know whether it's like coming from an immigrant family or just, you know, a black Latin ex family, but just like really feel like I'm being an adult now because I'm also financially stable on my own yeah. is like such a big, big difference and a big relief. And so I think I'm just excited. I feel like I'm really starting off on my, like my own new chapter mm-hmm. in life. Wow. Yeah. So where are you getting most of your furniture from? You know what? My mom keeps saying Ikea, and I'm just like, mm, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. But room and board have some great things for, you know, not as expensive as a West Elm. I'm not there yet because, you know, yeah. loans. But we're going to work our way up there. Alexia. Taylor, um, I've been having an argument with my wife about what kind of furniture we're going to get. And I, I see no problem with Ikea furniture, but she disagrees. So I will, I will not. <laughs> I will not be sharing this portion of the podcast. Right here, um, no, I think so. I, I feel very fortunate because we're returning, essentially returning home. You know, my wife and I both went to school in Indianapolis, so we have a lot of friends and family still there. So going kind of returning home, so to speak, um, we do have a house now that we own, which is uh, kind of still weird. I haven't quite got to handle that yet, but we've never owned a house. We've always rented. We're always moving every one to two years. This, you know, school's no different. So I think having a place that's ours, that will be ours for like five to 10 years is just a really cool experience that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and I think the biggest thing, I'm honestly kind of terrified if I'm being quite candid, but like up to this point, there was always another year of school or there was always, I made the decision like kind of two or three years into work that I knew I'd be going back to school at some point. So you kind of have these life events that are like a stopgate to like, kind of keep you from thinking about what you're going to actually do as a full-time adult. And now I'm like at that point where like, there's no school. I'm like not going back to get a PhD anytime soon. So now I'm like, (laughs) no, it's just here to retirement, I guess. Like, What's (laughs) what's, what's next? I'm not sure. So I think I'm a little terrified of that, but I'm also excited because I feel like I get to live my life to the fullest and really do whatever I want, which is um, a freedom I haven't had yet, which I'm excited for. Yeah. I think mine's two pronged. One is, uh, excited to earn an income again. Um, that's definitely a big part, yes. um, like a consistent income, um, but also uh, like a structured routine. I think I'm not quite the same as Christina, but I only have one class right now. And there's amazing like benefit to that free time. Like the Michigan golf course just opened and I love golf. So that's <laughs> going to be very tempting. Uh, I've gotten to travel recently and will be able to this summer, but like getting back in the work routine of like, here's my work day. If I'm not traveling, like I get to go home, have dinner with my wife and like have sort of that day-to-day life routine again. Whereas some days it's like, oh gosh, I'm going to this, that, and the other thing. And then by the time I get home, it's 11 PM and I've kind of missed everything. So I'm really excited for that, like structure and routine to, to be back. Yeah, the amount of times my partner has been like, what did you do today? And I said, I colored on my iPad. And he's like, get a job. (laughs) I have one. Thank you. I have a few, actually. That's hilarious. I'm just not paid for those jobs yet. I love it. 
All right, guys, we're going to land on probably the hardest hitting question of the day. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or a horse-sized duck? All right, so I've been thinking about this a lot, so I'll, just, <laughs> I'll start. I, I think that, like, the immediate answer is I can take, like, a duck-sized horse, right? But horses are super powerful, and a hundred's a lot. Like, they would just, like, <laughs> roll you over. So I think I would take my chances with a horse-sized duck. Um, I feel like I'm going to lose either way, but I one is better. Like, a hundred is so many. Like, I just think about how large a hundred is, and so... Horse-sized duck is my final answer. I second that, actually. I was 100 feels too many, and I, I like the humility. I'm with you. I think I'll lose either way, but uh, at least I feel like I have a better shot against a horse-sized duck. I just, I feel like it would have to be a horse-sized duck as well, because, like, just go inside. <laughs> why, why are we stuck in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Like, just, just we're in Ann Arbor. Like, just go inside. Get out of Where this place. <laughs> or you could try to ride it, I guess. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I like I, yeah, this is like that question, are there more doors or wheels in the world? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and my boyfriend literally got an argument about this. Yes, yeah. Anyways, What'd you decide? Right? What was your viewpoint? I said wheels and he said doors. Okay. Either word. Seeing logic applied to this is very hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be a consulting interview question. Yeah. Time. Prep now. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to all the panelists today. Uh, Taylor, Alexia, Christina, and Eric. Really appreciate all of your perspectives, reflections, and advice. So this has been another edition of the Ross Monthly brought to you by Business Beyond Usual. Today's episode was produced by Eugenia Collins and myself, Michaela Terrell. Executive producers of the BBU are Bob Needham, Christina Weiberg, and Eric Hoffenbeck. For the last round. Props, props. Last time. Special thanks to Jonah Brockman in the room with us today who did our editing. Shout out, shout out. Today and for all six seasons so far, which I think is really cool. It's surprising he still likes us. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you all for listening. Until next time, go blue. And this is Business Beyond Usual. Go blue. Go Go blue. blue.